you're daddy's little girl, like, you know, you were the youngest. What, what do you feel your parents were expecting you to become? Like all parents, they want their children to be happy. Are you happy? I am happy in the sense that I have many things to be grateful for. But if I have a wish for myself, it's to be able to achieve something. I've always believed in the end that the truth will out and that uh, eventually the true story, such as it is, will be people will know more than, than what they currently do. It's, it'll take time. It'll take time, that's all. Hello, my name is Mimi Blue and you're listening to Human Dialectic. That was a 1992 interview with Ghislaine Maxwell, not Ghislaine or just Lane. I know we all got it wrong, but it's Ghislaine Maxwell. And we need to talk about her and her affairs and her connections to trafficking. And this is a very, very heavy topic because it's never an easy one to discuss, especially when it comes to the victims. So why is this trial so important? It does stem back to Jeffrey Epstein when this all blew open and the original victims of Jeffrey Epstein thought that there was going to be justice served and how ironic that he dies in a jail cell and he had noted that someone was trying to kill him. So what did Jeffrey Epstein know and what information did he have on certain people? Well, we know that somebody or several people wanted him dead. So who's next in line? Ghislaine Maxwell. And she has been a girlfriend to Jeffrey Epstein. She is obviously a madame. She is the recruiter of young women, many, many young women. And that's just what you are told. It goes much, much deeper than that. And I wanted to take some time to discuss this because the judge that saw or oversaw the case has sealed all of the documents that would have informed the public as to who was involved in in regards to the, the child trafficking, the accusers. I don't really want to use the term accusers. These are victims, but their accounts of who had raped them. I'm pretty sure that there will be even men on that list because it wasn't just women, grown women now who were children or or minors at that time who were recruited and or uh, assaulted. But there were also young boys, part of that, a part of that as well. So we're going to understand who Ghislaine Maxwell is, her connections obviously, why it is significant. But also, I'm going to touch on how this is all connected to everything that you possibly couldn't imagine. Trafficking isn't just about power and control. This is used as blackmail at the highest levels. We're talking about government, we're talking about military, we're talking about Hollywood, even in corporate America. It's all over. And that is what this particular trafficking ring 
probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest rings that Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell were running. So I want you to listen to this with an open mind, just like any other episode that I have, but you really need to set aside any type of biases, set aside any type of perspectives that you have on specific people that you've idolized or certain preconceived notions that you have about specific institutions or any type of instilled trust that you have in a specific body, government body, I should say. These people at the highest levels are not who they seem to be. And that is what I want to to message or at least get that point across in this episode because trafficking is a way, like I mentioned, to formalize blackmail on individuals. It is also an initiation process. So if you think that these celebrities are making their money because they are talented, for the most part, their talent, if they have any, only encompasses a fraction of their success. Behind the scenes, it's some very, very sinister things, and it involves child trafficking. I just happened to be triggered when I was reading the Atlantic article. By the way, if you do not know, the Atlantic is owned by Steve Jobs' widow. Now, why would she allow an article stating that child trafficking was a conspiracy to be published? Well, there was a picture of Ghislaine Maxwell and Steve Jobs' widow together. So, put two and two together. Why do you think that she's trying to dismiss this idea of child trafficking? That really triggered me. I'm not going to take time to read excerpts from that article. It's pure garbage. But if you want to read it, go right ahead. You just Google it. You'll find it. But then something else happened around that time. Chrissy Teigen. You already know who she is. If you are going to defend her actions, I pity you. Now, if you're not familiar with who Chrissy Teigen is, well, first, I want to say it's great that you don't know who she is because she is not worth knowing. But she is such a media hog that she needs attention. She is a media addict. She posts a picture on Instagram with her and her children in the bathtub naked. Now, of course, you're not seeing any actual like anatomy or anything along those lines. But why would you post a personal picture of you and your children in the bathtub naked? Secondly, what is a grown woman, especially if her children are over the ages of six, doing in the bathtub naked with her kids? I mean, I, I have to ask that. Chrissy Teigen has a very, very sketchy background, very, very sketchy history, and I am not afraid to say that she's a pedophile. You want to look at the tweets? Go look at those tweets. There's some very disturbing tweets about doing certain things with kids. She's a pedo. She can sue me if she wants. I'm going to be out here telling her that she's a pedo and everybody else knows it. So that also triggered me. So seeing the Atlantic article come out saying that child trafficking is a conspiracy and then seeing Chrissy Teigen, once again, the attention whore that she is wanting to garner attention, but she's also communicating subliminal messages to the so-called elite. 
I'm tired of this. So we really need to dig deeper into this because it is being exposed almost daily. I'm seeing new and new articles of elitists being arrested. I know Peter Peter Nygaard, the Canadian billionaire, was arrested. And I don't believe that arrest would have happened if one of his former girlfriends, I believe, didn't come out stating that she was sexually assaulted by him. And I, I just cannot understand how someone would ask their girlfriend to abort the child. I'm sorry, I'm getting graphic here. I'm not gonna get too graphic, but he would have his girlfriends abort the child so that he can consume the blood of the child. I know that was a lot. And that is something that you would never do and I would never do. But these are psychopaths. I know I seem like I'm going on a tangent, but it's all tied together with this child trafficking with Ghislaine Maxwell. By the way, I know Bob Saget died and they're saying that he may have died from the vaccine. He, too, was a pedo. And there were many, many rumors circulating for years that he raped the Olsen twins, which is why they decided not to join the reboot of Full House. So I'm just going to put that out there. And I'm pretty sure you can find some articles on that. But before we get into Ghislaine Maxwell, I do want to say that there are people who are stating that the White Hats. So if you're not familiar with that term in, in the deep state, obviously there are some folks who want to fulfill the globalist agenda, but those who are trying to oppose that agenda, who are trying to fight back and are in the government are being coined the white hats. And I don't know much about this. I don't have much validity to this. I know these are some theories that people have been stating uh, is actually happening, that certain rings are happening, these takedowns are happening. I want to believe in my heart that that's happening. But I don't know. I don't know for a fact. But whenever I open up a open up a, a new website or go to a new website, I should say, and read an article of another uh, elite billionaire or millionaire arrested for child trafficking, child pornography, whatever it is, I want to believe that the dominoes are falling. But I don't know because they are trying whatever they can in their own power to not reveal this information. And you know what's going to happen when this information comes out. And I'm going to go into detail about what these people are doing behind the scenes that what they are kidnapping all of these kids, 800,000 children disappear in the US alone a year. And why are we not outraged about that? They disappear. Well, I'm going to tell you what they've been doing with some of these kids. And if you have had any type of abuse in in your past, please, I advise you to probably turn this off. But we need to expose what's going on, because as a woman, I'm not a mother, but as a woman, I feel like I have an obligation to protect all of these kids. I may not be able to protect the minors that have already passed, who've been through the trauma and they are now deceased, but we have many children. They're coming after our children right now with the vaccines and then they're going to take them away. They're coming after our children. And if we can't stop this, if we can't even fight for the kids, then as an adult, what obligation or what type of purpose do you have on this planet? So 
not gonna go into my own personal rants, but I just wanted to to lay that out there is that things may be coming to the surface, but I really don't know if there is a, a group of white hats fighting all of this in in behind the scenes. So anyways, let's get into who Ghislaine Maxwell is. Now, you are more familiar with the fact that she was potentially Epstein's girlfriend. Like I mentioned before, she was a madame. But she also has, or I believe may have had, ties to Israeli intelligence. Her father, Robert Maxwell, was somebody who was approached by British, Russian, and Israeli intelligence, which is quite impressive. So he has a very impressive record in terms of what he's been able to do as an intelligent officer, intelligence officer. And though Robert had many children, he relied closely on Ghislaine in terms of understanding his affairs and what he was doing. There is a great article entitled Meet Ghislaine, Daddy's Girl, and it's by Whitney Webb. It's absolutely fantastic in terms of the detail. And I was actually kind of shocked in terms of her connections to the royal family, not saying that she was related, but she had network connections to the royal family. And of course, if if you may have heard about Jimmy Savelle, he was also a procurer of children to or for the royal family. And she had very high profile relationships too. So this is not someone who is just boring Jane, all right? She had very close knit of high profile relationships and high profile people, very elitist networks. And she was also engaged in some level of intelligence. Now, one thing you do need to understand is that Many intelligence agents um, will have children who will be abused and traumatized in order for them to enter into these type of, uh, I don't know if you would call them escapades or operations. But I suspect that Ghislaine, who was Robert's favorite daughter and probably favorite child, may have been grooming her from a very, very young age. It is, this is a very, very common thing with military children or anyone who has a family in the governments or in intelligence. Now, if you're wondering what happened to her father, her father had a huge significance and impact in her life. He had somehow fell off, quote, fell off, the yacht that he was on. And most people speculate that he was killed, assassinated. And that was the end of Robert Maxwell. But Ghislaine, we should say, probably picked up where her father left off. And she did fairly well, if you consider the social networks and the rings that she has uh, created and established. I'm not saying I agree with it. But She has picked up a lot of slack and she has made essentially a trafficking empire. Now, the thing is, people believe that human trafficking is 
somewhat obsolete. It doesn't happen. How does it happen underneath our noses? It doesn't make any sense. Like, wouldn't people know? Well, let me just first start off by saying that it's not the pharmaceutical companies, or I should say the pharmaceutical industry, the oil industry, the media. None of those industries are as lucrative as compared to the child trafficking industry, or I should just couple couple it as human trafficking industry. But the child trafficking, the subset of it is very, very common and very lucrative. It is arguably the biggest business overall. And the figures of how many humans are trafficked per year is absolutely astounding. According to the International Labor Organization, there's roughly 40.3 million people trafficked globally. Human trafficking is typically divided into three populations. It would either be children under the age of 18 who are induced into commercial sex, adults age 18 or over who are induced into commercial sex through force, fraud, or coercion. Finally, children and adults induced to perform labor or services through force, fraud, or coercion. People oddly think that it's easy to identify a trafficker or if somebody is being trafficked, but These rings are happening across all of the states here in the U.S., in all of the cities, even down to the suburbs. And we're talking a very intricate and well-organized criminal organization. What do I mean by that? We're talking, you have many players, whether it's in the justice system. So you may have judges who are involved. You may have law enforcement. If you're looking in the public sector, some government officials who are also involved. If you're looking at uh, academics or just public school systems, there are teachers who are also involved. You are shocked, but it is very, very shocking that you have many, many people across the entire board who are involved with this criminal activity. And sadly, what is uh, exploited is not just the children or these victims, which could also be adults, but imagine the trust. You can't even trust the system. And this is why I have a very, very strong passion for this, because I know that it's very hard to regain trust once it's been taken. I am not a victim of, of trafficking, but I understand that children, especially children, have a very, very hard time coping with their world and understanding why they're they're going through the things that they're going through, especially when it comes to sexual abuse. So I want to back up just a little bit because I talked a little bit about trafficking, trafficking itself, but in the trial, it was revealed that there were other Uh, recruiters or at least assistants to Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and they were women as well and their role was to attract other young women to be masseuse for Jeffrey Epstein or give him an erotic um, massage I mean this is unbelievable I, I don't talk like this but that is what was going on one of the 
key recruiters or recruitment girls was identified as Sarah Kellen. Now, Sarah, according to this article, what we know about Sarah Kellen, who allegedly recruited girls for Jeffrey Epstein, Sarah was a victim and she was pulled into this world, of course, like many girls. But the interesting thing here is that Sarah, who was a victim, became a victimizer, or we'll just call her a perpetrator. According to this article, Epstein relied on a small group of women who recruited and coached underage girls in how to pleasure the billionaire, billionaire being Epstein. One of these women, Sarah Kellen, or sometimes known as Sarah Kensington, was a high-ranking Epstein employee who has been referred to as Maxwell's lieutenant and who allegedly kept an extensive list of young girls who would call up to arrange encounters between them and Epstein. Kellen was one of the four potential co-conspirators who were named in the suit against Epstein in 2007 and who avoided charges due to the absurdly uh, lenient plea deal brokered by former Labor Secretary Alex Acosta. That name should be very familiar to you. One of the victims, Haley Robson, said she was 16 when she was recruited into Epstein's ring. Like so many other girls, she was told she would be a masseuse. And like so many other girls, she says the financier groped her while she was giving him a massage. Robson eventually started recruiting other girls into the operation. You see how this works? According to her, Kellen kept all of the names and numbers of girls who gave Epstein erotic um, uh, massages and would call around to see who was available to quote unquote work when Epstein was at his Palm Beach mansion. Some of these girls later told Palm Beach detectives that it was Kellen who would show them upstairs when they arrived at the house and set up the massage table for them. So you can see how this cycle works. You start with a few, you victimize them. They end up becoming the victimizer through certain grooming and trauma. And if they're not able to develop a clear mind, and I do believe that you you do cross a point where you decide if you are going to continue this type of behavior and activity, this extremely dangerous and nefarious activities. Now, here's the interesting thing about Sarah. She's currently married to a NASCAR driver. And I have a strong suspicion that she essentially was living a double life. I believe they only got married a couple of years ago. And he may not have been aware as to what she was doing in her previous life. And this is something that happens a lot with these types of women. They have double lives. So you will see the public face. You'll see who they are. They have a clean image. And then privately, it's an entirely different person. And I'm talking the satanic or nefarious activities that they're doing with children. Now, it doesn't stop there. The ring doesn't stop there with recruiting the women. This goes much deeper. Now, I'm noticing a drip drip of articles about the CIA and how they've been holding child pornography. Now listen to this. There's one article that came out December 2nd and then another one prior to that, November 12th. 
So the November 12th article entitled Child Porn, War Crimes and Fraud, Internal CIA Probes Reveal Shocking Findings. So redacted records of the investigations, part of the 111 probes conducted by the CIA Office of the Inspector General between January 2013 and May 2014, were obtained by Vice News under a Freedom of Information Act, also otherwise known as the FOIA request. Among the OIG investigations were allegations that a highly placed U.S. official leaked classified information to a foreign army retaliation against whistleblowers, the sale of night vision goggles on eBay. The torture probe resulted in the accuser recanting all of the allegations he or she made about the physical abuse of prisoners in CIA custody. In one notable case, the Naval uh, Criminal Investigation Service notified the CIA about allegations that an operative of the agency's National Clandestine Service committed a war crime resulting in the death of one person. Now, it goes on and on, but it says another National Clandestine Service employee was accused of engaging in human trafficking, making death threats to domestic workers and child abuse. An April 2015 memo shows the OIG could not substantiate the human trafficking or child abuse charges, but did find the employee paid the household staff $470 per month instead of the agreed upon $1,000. The agent denied making death threats to the families of the staff that complained and the DOJ, DOJ declined to prosecute the case. So essentially... You have CIA agents and employees who escaped criminal prosecution involving human trafficking and child porn. Okay, that was just one article. Then another one shortly after, not even a month later, opens up of another CIA case, or at least there was evidence that at least 10 of its employees were involved in uh, child sex crimes. Now, what am I trying to get at here, right? Because this this was revealed through BuzzFeed. The other one was through Vice. Now this is through BuzzFeed. According to the documents, one of the 10 CIA staffers had inappropriate sexual activity with an unidentified two-year-old girl and admitted to having sexual contact with a six-year-old on two separate occasions. The employee was fired from the agency, but never charged. A second employee allegedly purchased sexual videos of young girls, which were recorded by the victim's mothers, an incident which led to his resignation, but no charges. While a CIA contractor was caught attempting to arrange sex with a child who was actually an undercover FBI agent. His contact was revoked, but no charges were were filed. So you could see this common pattern. If you don't believe that the, the government or some of their three-letter alphabet agencies would not only just procure some of this footage, right, to probably blackmail somebody else or to try and sabotage somebody's career, but they themselves are engaging in this act, type of activity. This is why it stems so deep and it's just infested all over like every aspect of our our society and we don't even realize that so let me blow your mind if you haven't been paying attention to the news cnn was also in the news cycle the news feed 
right before Christmas. But of course, CNN is not going to talk about. So what am I talking about? Well, at least two of their producers were caught trying to engage with minors, trying to have sex with minors. One of them was arrested and I believe the other one was arrested too. Let me get the names because I want you to know who they are. So the first producer who was arrested was former CNN producer John Griffin, and he worked alongside Chris Cuomo. And the second producer is Rick Salibi, and he was a former senior producer for Jake Tapper's The Lead. So what's going on? This is why I think something is about to go down. And I know the American people are not going to be ready for this, but you need to understand that this is the most heinous crime that you can do to anyone, especially a child. And that is to brutally rape them, to sexually assault them, to groom them into a, an environment that they did not choose. And it violates every innocence that they have. And I don't know why people are not having more of an outcry over this, but this is going to come to the surface and people better get ready. Now, I will describe one particular incident in Hollywood. And if you're familiar with uh, Heather O'Rourke, I mean, I was too young to know who she was but she was a child star. And I'm actually going to segue into Hollywood because again, this is all tied. I just discussed how it happens in government. I discussed how it happens in media. It also happens in Hollywood. And Heather O'Rourke unfortunately passed as a result of the trauma and the sexual abuse that she, she endured. So this is going to be a very tough one to read. I highly suggest that you prepare yourself if you've been abused. I already mentioned it before. So if you've made it up to this point, what I'm going to describe is very graphic, but we need to know and understand what is happening because when the true evil comes out, we must ensure that the people are held accountable. The people who've done this to all the children are held accountable. So final warning, it's going to be very graphic. I'm reading from an article written by The Villagent Citizen, and he goes into great detail, very graphic detail about Heather O'Rourke and her association to this horror film, Poltergeist. Never seen it before, but it was not suited for children. And many, many children watched it and were completely traumatized. And that was Steven Spielberg's goal to traumatize a nation of children. But what's most uh, important about Poltergeist was Heather O'Rourke and the fact that it had traumatized her. And then shortly after filming that, what occurred in her career and then obviously, which led to her death. So starting off with how she was chosen for the film. Heather O'Rourke was chosen for the film when she was eating lunch with her mother and sister at MGM. Producer Steven Spielberg came up to them and wanted O'Rourke for the part of Carol Ann. She initially failed the screen test because she kept laughing her way through the audition, even when she was supposed to be afraid. 
Spielberg thought she was too young to take the part seriously, but still recognized something special in her. So he asked her to come back for another audition and this time bring a, a scary storybook with her. He also asked her to scream. So she screamed and screamed until she started crying. This audition got her cast as Carol Ann. So I'm going to pause here. These pedophiles that are in Hollywood are very sick. So they want to hear how you scream, or at least they want to hear your child scream because they have an affinity to torture and trauma. So she only got the part because she was screaming and he liked the way that she was screaming. The other thing is that the elites have a strong desire to, let's just say, get children who are blonde haired and blue eyed. They absolutely uh, fantasize blonde haired, blue eyed children. That is them. And uh, there's nothing else that I want to say about that. I do know that they like to take black kids and torture them as well. Those are the two groups that they absolutely love, torturing the black kids to death and then also raping blonde-haired, blue-eyed kids. A 1988 article by the Associated Press article titled Doctors, Unusual Circumstances Surrounded uh, Surrounding the Actress's Death describes the mystery surrounding Aurora's death. The death of a 20-year-old poltergeist actress Heather Oreck was distinctly unusual because she lacked prior symptoms of the bowel defect that reportedly killed her, the gastrointestinal doctors say. I would have expected a lot of digestive difficulties throughout her life and not just have developed a problem all of a sudden, said Dr. Daniel Hollander, head of gastroenterology at University of California uh, Irvine Medical Center. Other specialists, also unconnected with the case, said Wednesday it was possible she died as a resulted uh, as the resulted of a uh, birth defect, but added that the circumstances of her death were extremely unusual. Terry Merriman, spokeswoman for Children's Hospital of San Diego, said Heather died Monday of septic shock due to con- congenial congenital uh, stenosis of the lower intestine or bowel. That means she died of shock caused by infection in the blood, which in turn was caused by a birth defect that made a section of her intestine abnormally narrow. Now I'm going to skip a lot of these other details, but I'm going to jump to what she says here. Hollander speculated that Heather's bowel narrowing might have not been congenital, but could have developed suddenly due to inflammation. Moderate bowel narrowing at birth might not cause symptoms, but a lack of symptoms before age 12 would be distinctly unusual. I cannot understand what precipitated the death because it's usually clear when they're born, they have an important disease. It just doesn't seem to quite make sense. It's weird, Meyer said. She was completely healthy Saturday. They thought she had the flu on Sunday and she was dead on Monday. All right, so now we're going to go into something. Get ready because this is this was quite a shock to me. So we know that she died from some type of um, shock, right? And it was in the rectum. 
All right. I hope you're following me here. So in 2017, NT, the anonymous entertainment lawyer behind the famed Hollywood gossip site, Crazy Days and Nights, provided a highly disturbing explanation. In the blind item titled Molesters Killed Her, which was later revealed to be about Auroric, Entity writes, back in the mid 80s was peak child molesting time in Hollywood. There was no internet. There were very, very few mobile phones. Children came to the set where they were left alone by their parents. For the next eight hours, they were subject to every kind of horrible thing you can imagine. Drugs were a commonplace. They were used to try and get the kids to not be so hysterical when being assaulted. Producers loved casting shows with kids and tweens. If someone pitched a show that involved a handful of tweens with a dozen tween extras per week, it would be a, it would get a green light. Even if the show was going to suck, everyone knew it was going to suck. If you got the right pedo at a studio, he would say yes, just to come for the casting and taping of the pilot. As sad as it is to say, there were a lot of parents who told their kids to go off with the nice man in the suit and do what he says. It was a sick time. It was just past the mid 80s when a producer came up with the idea of tween show that of a tween show that not only would feature a rotating cast of extras, but would make the studio a bunch of money because they would film quickly and not hire any adults. Further, the faster they filmed, the more time they would have to molest all the kids that would be hanging around. From the first day, it was the worst place on earth if you were a kid. The studio where the show was filmed also had several other shows being filmed there, most of which featured lots of children. Executives would drive over to Hollywood right before lunch and would stay at the studio for several hours each day. You want to talk about sick? This is sick. Anyway, on this particular show, there was a special guest star, a very special guest star. Still not a tween. Everyone knew who she was. Executives flocked to the studio that day to see her. She was first molested when she was five or six and had continued to be molested throughout her hit movies and also on a previous show. One of the stars of the show who has spent her life bouncing in and out of rehab because of what she saw and who was actually nominated for awards from the show described the atmosphere that day. And I quote, a bunch of effing pigs. I had just turned 12 or 13. I was the same age as the actress coming in, maybe a little older. We'd been shooting for months and I was old news. They knew I would do what they wanted, but they always wanted someone new. This was someone This was someone new and someone they all knew. They had it set up like a peep show almost. She'd finished shooting that morning and they brought her out on stage. The stage was used most of the time for a game show that was taped there. And I'm just going to pause here. That game show is still on today. And what this particular actress is, the show that she's referring to is uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, there you go. She says, I can't watch it knowing what happened to her there. They brought her out and the front row front four rows of this theater was were filled with guys who were already rubbing themselves. The girl was wearing a bikini. The show took place around a beach just so they could make these girls wear next to nothing. They had her walk around under the lights. The lights were focused on her and she couldn't really see out to the audience. She was squinting. 
It must have been blinding for her. They had her walk back and forth. Then they had her start dancing. All of these guys were doing what another star at the same studio got busted for. And that is in reference to, I think it was Pee Wee, Pee Wee Herman. All of these guys were doing what another star at the same studio got busted for. This went on for about 20 minutes. Then three of the guys took her to a different area of the studio. Now, the actress who was relaying what she had witnessed didn't see what happened. But about 45 minutes later, one of those three guys came running out and needed a set medic. Apparently, they had inserted something inside the girl and things were bad. The medic came and the ambulance came. The parents of the girl were told some crap story. That crap story ended up killing the girl because the parents believed the executives. Two weeks later, the show finished shooting six episodes all at once and then everyone was sent on their way forever. No one wanted the kids around or any witnesses to what happened. So she was brutally raped in the rectum. And it killed her. This is what these child stars are going through. And it seems like it's a tangent, but it's the same thing. They are all entered into this trafficking ring. Whether you are a child star or maybe you're just a child off the streets or kidnapped from Mexico. Okay. This is what happens to them. And the trauma is so bad. Some of them dissociate. You know, there's dissociative disorder. It's really a sad thing because I know we like to mock some of these child stars and yeah, some of them don't understand what the hell they're doing. But if you recall, Drew Barrymore was in E.T. and I believe Heather O'Rourke was in E.T. as well. And Drew Barrymore went to rehab at the age of like 12 or 13. And the reason was, oh, she was partying a lot. Well, it was more to that. She knew what was going on. She was being abused to the point where she couldn't take it anymore. And she ended up in rehab. If you recall Britney Spears' little sister, Jamie Lynn, remember when she got pregnant? Well, apparently there was one of those prime producers who's been at Nickelodeon for many, many years. He's no longer there anymore. But the rumor is that he is Jamie Lynn's baby daddy, the father of her child. That is how Hollywood works. And now you're getting a glimpse as to how everything is connected. So this is why the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is so important. We are not only trying to expose what is going on, and it's literally a hidden world that you all don't see, but we want to ensure that we obtain justice for these kids, for the slain kids, and for anyone who is a victim, because it's very hard to go through life knowing that your own victimizer, the predator, is still having a good life, is being successful. I mean, look at Jeffrey Epstein. He violated so many young women. And how are they able to move forward with their life? And it's not just young women too. Young men, young boys, they're unable to come to terms with the fact that they were brutally raped, sexually assaulted, They were put into these rings and the men are less likely to come out as as opposed to the women. And we we need to find healing in all of this because 
what I just read is was graphic. All right. And it gets even worse than that. So if that is the type of behavior that Hollywood is engaged in, if that's the type of behavior that the CIA is engaged in, uh, media, right, all all industries, then we need to come together and really protect the kids. Because like I said, they're coming after the kids for with these vaccines. And if you don't get the vaccine, they're going to take your kids away. And that's where the kids will end up. They will be sex trafficked. Don't deny it. And that's why the judge wanted the record sealed because it was going to reveal too much. But I have a very strong feeling that all of this will come out. The question is whether people will be prepared to ingest this information, how they will receive it, how they will react, because it is very shocking. I still am shocked by what I am reading. It it just never ceases to shock me. And you know, if it if it does at one point, if it does, then it means that I have no fucking remorse for what is going on. I, I have lost any type of humanity that I have in my bones. And I will dedicate my life to fighting child trafficking, even if it just means saving one child. And what I would hope from all of you is that you understand what's going on. Do not idolize these celebrities. Do not wish to be famous because these are the different activities, criminal activities that they engage in. They torture children. They kill children for fun. We are better than them. We are human and we we appreciate our children. Whether they are our own or somebody else's, we appreciate children. And most importantly, that means we appreciate human life. So this is why the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell is important. We didn't get it with Jeffrey Epstein, but we are definitely not going to have these sudden deaths of the elite just unable for us to to take them to trial. They're going to try and spin it. They're going to try and deny it. They're going to try and call us crazy, but this is the moment where we need to unite and we need to understand that it is not just about us and our livelihood. It is about the children and human life. And they don't know. The the people at the very top, the people who have money and have no freaking soul, they don't know what it means to love and to value human life. So that is my important message to all of you. And if you do decide to go down this path of studying this information, I will say, please take breaks. It is very, very demoralizing because you feel as if you can't save everybody and you want to save everybody. But understand just having knowledge about this and breaking that cycle of ignorance is the first step. And pray if you need to um, change specific habits that you have in in your life to to make the world a better place. I know that sounds cheesy, but there's a lot of evil out there. And Glenn Maxwell, though I don't know her personally, she's engaged in some very evil activities, things that we may never know. But I know some of those victims have seen things that they can't even describe to us. And I don't think I would ever want to ever live that life. So anyways, <laughs> I hope you all end up 
being well, you know, take this and don't let it settle too much. But uh, know that there is hope. I know it seems hopeless, but there is hope. I believe in it. I really do. And I think the tide's going to be turning very, very soon. Just get ready. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys soon.